from Cincinnati to Columbus and back to Cincinnati. Joining me today is former Ohio State Buckeye punter, world-renowned bottle flipper, and one of the newest members of the Cincinnati Bengals, Drew Chrisman. Behind the scenes with athletes and coaches. This is Athlete One Podcast with Ken Carpenter. I got to ask the obvious question. How did it feel when you got the call from the Cincinnati Bengals? Dream come true. I went to uh, went to high school at LaSalle, LaSalle High School in Cincinnati, then uh, was a Buckeye, obviously. And then now I'm, I'm staying home, coming back to Cincinnati to be a Bengal. So it's, you know, kind of full circle here. And um, I was certainly excited, but I'm sure my family was even even more so that I'm staying close to home. And uh, my wife's family as well. She's also from uh, Lawrenceburg, Indiana, where I'm from. So, you know, it's kind of a two for one there. Both both of our families get to keep their uh, their babies at home. So um, wow. it's, 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 it's a blessing for sure. That's great. I, I feel like I could do a podcast and and do three different areas. I mean, you, you're the, you got so much to work with. But, um, let's go back to your high school days where you won two state titles at Cincinnati LaSalle. You were the number one punting prospect in the country. Why, why did you choose Ohio State? There, there's a lot that goes into it being close to home. Same with uh, the decision to stay home in Cincinnati. Um, you know, being, being able to come home for that, that home cooked meal is obviously very, uh, you know, very attractive. But when I was narrowing it down those final schools at the end of recruiting, um, I mean, Ohio State has everything that you want and more. Um, not, not only just being close to home, be able to play on that stage, uh, you know, have your name out there for the opportunity to uh, go to the next level, which I'm, you know, enjoying the benefits right now. Um, that was also a big decision uh, maker when I was really coming out of that final, that final couple teams. Um, you know, then we just went in the national championship. You know, I was watching it at home, then beating Alabama, and then going to win, uh, beating Oregon in the national championship. I mean, what more? What bigger stage can you ask for at that at that point? Now, I might not realize at the time that that means you don't punt too much, but uh, yeah. at least people are going to know your name for the little bit that you do if you're if you're there long enough. So. Um, it all worked out, and I certainly don't regret the decision. Who else were you considering? Top three were obviously Ohio State and then Florida State because they were my uh, first offer. I uh, really got the ball going. And then uh, BYU, Brigham Young, because uh, of religious ties. So Okay. Yeah. That's uh, that's three pretty good schools, that's for sure. No, couldn't have gone wrong any any, uh, any of those decisions. So Yeah. Let me throw some numbers at you if you don't mind. You were three-time All-Big Ten honoree, a two-time Ray Guy Award semifinalist, averaged 44 yards per punt for your career, and 83 punts down inside the 20-yard line. Were you expecting to put up numbers like that and expecting to be that consistent? At Ohio State, they, they don't settle for anything than the best, and that was certainly our goal every year going into you know the season was to be the the top punt team in the country at the end of it um especially when i was there with uh coach meyer he was the, the guy who recruited me he uh you know he hand selected me and punt was his baby so he uh he wanted the best and he didn't settle for anything less like i said and uh you know we work a lot on special teams and, and it goes to show as you were just reading off those stats we uh we led the conference and sometimes the country and a lot of the uh the aspects so uh 
you know, hats off to Coach Meyer and, uh, and, you know, the training that he put us all through. So. If you were to, if, if we were to maybe get like, I, I tend to get a lot of uh, coaches that, that tune into the podcast and, um, and, you know, there are some, some um, athletes, I'm sure that jump in on this. Um, what would you recommend for someone that's uh, wanting to become a punter in high school? What would be the top two, three things that you would recommend that person do to, to get ready and to, to be the best possible punter they, they could be? I think you got to be an athlete. Sometimes I think uh, I see a, a lot. I go to a lot of kicking camps now. Um, I was fortunate to find a kicking coach early in my uh, high school career. But some guys, I mean, these guys start at, you know, young. I don't think that's a problem. I think, you know, you, can, you can't start early enough, but you shouldn't focus on just kicking. Uh, literally growing up, I tried to get my hands on any sport I could. Um, even in high school, I went into it, you know, trying to be a quarterback and, you know, one, you know, God had a different plan. I ended up uh, having to get Tommy John surgery and that's kind of the transition I had into a punter. But, you know, I wasn't just focused on kicking my entire life. I think sometimes you kind of get one dimensional and you really want to be an athlete out there. Anything can happen and it, it helps you be a, a better kicker or a punter. Um, so certainly, you know, try to, you know, try to be a, as diverse as you can. Um, uh, and then it's after that, it's just reps as of anything else. Um, like I said, I found a kicking coach in my high school career. I was, I was very raw. I was just watching YouTube videos. There's not too many great kicking coaches out there. So, um, I was able to find one guy and then I found another guy that helps even enhance my skills now. So, uh, you know, never stop learning and uh, never stop training. So. That's that's great to hear that you're able to uh, to do that that way. But let me ask you this: um, try to if you, if you don't mind, if you could take us inside the Ohio State program. You played for two of the best coaches, and you know one probably will be known as the, the top two in the country in history, uh, and that being Urban Meyer, and then of course the hottest thing in the coaching world right now is Ryan Day. What did you notice as the biggest difference in their coaching styles? Uh, both are pretty similar. Um, you know, different. They're a little bit different personalities. But as far as the aspect of coach, I mean, Coach Day, he learned under Coach Meyer. You know, his he got the keys handed to him, and his biggest job was to not mess it up. And he certainly hasn't done that. I think what is I don't know what his record is, but I know he's only lost two games and uh, a lot. So you know, I'm sure he will be back in the national championship picture. Uh, very soon because I, I think he might even have a better chance to have a better career than, you know, Coach Meyer, as crazy as that is to say. So, I um, mean, obviously, you know, Coach Meyer has had quite the legacy and, and I'm sure he's changed his philosophies over the years. But, um, you know, it's it's a lot of, you know, going back to the basics um, as far as like special teams. He, he really put an emphasis on special teams. And that's that's one thing that's consistent with both of them. Um, he we call it the plan to win, you know, the battle of field position. And he, I mean, I'm, I'm sure during a game, he just had like this number wheel in his head. Like if I'm at this yard line, if I can pooch it down to the five, that gives them a 5% chance that they'll get points. I mean, it was crazy. The kind of stuff that he would like talk about throughout the week and just his experience in coaching that he, he can pull up those numbers. Um, so yeah, the biggest thing I saw consistent was their importance in special teams and uh, just finding those hidden yards and, that, that plays a big part when you have even, you know, competition. Um, you know, most, some games, uh, you know, was a blowout at halftime, but when you got, you found equal competition in college, those hidden yards find a big way to, uh, 
have those big victories and ultimately win championships. So, and I'm sure with uh, your ability to uh, you know drop it inside the twenty and and uh, and uh, basically almost flip the field at 44 yards a punt, that's that's pretty impressive. I'm sure. Yeah, no, I, I like to think I was I was a weapon, and uh, he used me. He used me uh, when he needed to. So, yeah, I asked uh, C.J. Saunders this question when he was on the show, and that was uh, what was more sal- satisfying as for you as a Buckeye beating the team up north on a regular basis, or taking care of business in the uh, national semifinal against Clemson. You know, that's tough. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, I like to think, you know, the, the big 10 rings and, you know, I got, I just got the semifinal ring this past year, you know, those are great, but the, uh, the gold pants Buckeye nation, I mean, that'll, that'll never change. I mean, that's, that's a rivalry that'll last forever. And uh, they got away from us this year. You know, they got, we'll, we'll get, well, I'm sure we'll, we'll get back to them next year. And, uh, you know, even, even more so, but uh, yeah, those those gold pants. Um, I think I think myself and the rest of the Buckeyes that that means a lot to us, and that's something that we live every day. Three sixty five. Every time you walk into the Woody, you know there's a big wall around your left. As soon as you walk in, just the rivalry, and uh, it's something we we live and breathe. Um, so it's that's something that's I'm gonna have uh, forever. Uh, I got four of them, and uh, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure that tradition will continue in the years to come. So, what has it meant when you've walked out on the field and you're just thinking, you know, back when they had like a hundred thousand in the stadium, how how does that feel as a player to be, you know, nineteen to twenty two year old? Oh, I mean, running running out of that tunnel. I remember my first time. I, I redshirted my first year and. I mean, your knees get weak. I mean, it's just, it's, it's an out of body experience, honestly, you know, running through that smoke and just the whole place lighting up. Unfortunately, we didn't have that, uh, this year, but I got to experience it for four years and it's, uh, it never gets old. I can tell you all the traditions that Ohio State and certainly filling the horseshoe is, is certainly one of my favorites. Um, yeah, that's, I mean, it's, it's incredible what they do on, on a weekly basis. Um, and yeah, you think it, you know, you're, you get certainly have butterflies there at the beginning of the game. You know, it's every game is, you know, a big game just because everybody's there. Um, but it kind of just becomes white noise after a certain part. You just kind of lock in on the, on the, on the, on the game and uh, just do your job, what you train to do. So, uh, it, it's fun to look at, but you know, you can't focus on it too much during a game or you start to mess up. Now on the road, what was the toughest stadium you felt there was to play in? Penn State. I guess- yeah. Penn State, Penn State, the wideout. That was uh, we were supposed to have it this year, no fans. But uh, 2018, we had it, and I love Ohio State. I love our fan base, uh, but that wideout was next level. I mean, it really? was it was crazy. I mean, you couldn't hear yourself on the sideline, especially when uh, when they were when they were winning. You know, it was it was crazy loud. But uh, we quieted them pretty quickly at the end of the game. We scored a couple of touchdowns quick and uh, ended it. Uh, ended it on top. So at that place, you could have heard a pin drop near the end of the game. But uh, when when they get that mo- that old man Mo going, it's uh, it's it's tough to beat. You know, you, you got to turn turn that quickly because it, it's hard to in that stadium. So I got to give props off to them and uh, their fan base. It's it's hard to play in there. Trash talking does it happen? Does it happen in the 
the kicking game, or do you, or do you hear guys across the line yelling stuff at you? Possibly the most trash talking I do is usually after an extra point. Um, not really during the punt. I'm a little a little too focused on the the job at hand at hand. But uh, I was a holder for four years, and so I'm I'm there. Um, you know, right there on the field, right after an extra point, after we score a touchdown. And some, sometimes we're up 60 points on the team and uh, they start to get a little chippy. They start to get a little angry. And um, I certainly tell them to look at the scoreboard every now and then. Uh, yeah. that, was, that was always a good time. But uh, other than other than that, uh, I'm pretty quiet because I'm just a punter and I'm not trying to get <laughs> yeah. destroyed the next time. So, yeah. Your thoughts when Coach Day called for a fake punt in the Big Ten championship game? Finally, that was my thought. Really? Okay. <laughs> we had uh, Coach Meyer. He always had a, a fake brew up every week uh, when he was there. And then uh, same with Coach Day every week, depending on the look that we were going to get. We had some kind of situation. Most of the time it was a pass fake as well because of my quarterback um, history. Um, but unfortunately, a lot of the time we jumped up off a team so quickly to run a fake point at, at that point. It wasn't it, it didn't make sense, you know. Uh, but yeah, we went down early in the Big Ten Championship 2019, and he just felt he dialed it up. I think we were on like our own 20 yard line, and it was a very ballsy move, but it, it paid out, paid off for him. And honestly, yeah, I wasn't. Everyone asked me, "Is like, oh, were you nervous or anything?" I was like, I was just. I've been practicing this for four years. This is. Wow. I've been. I've been dreaming for this. This play right here. Uh, it was one we'd ran pretty much in practice that entire year. So. I uh, threw it to Luke Farrell for first down and uh, got the momentum rolling again. So you didn't jog by like uh, Justin and Justin Fields and say, "This is easy, did you?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there were some some reports afterwards, but uh, yeah, I'll I'll leave him to a throw in in the in the future. What does it mean? Uh, you know, moving toward the next step here. What does it mean to get a chance to compete for a job in a city where you went to high school? And and I gotta also ask, you know, are you a Bengal fan? Oh yeah, no, I'm very fond memories growing up. My dad and I going into the jungle and uh, you know screaming our heads off all day, who day. Um, so you know, it's I said it's a blessing to have that opportunity to be one of those players I looked up to growing up, and one of those players were Kevin Huber, especially when I was transitioning to that punting. You know, he was a guy I looked at a lot just because he was a Bengal and he did it at a high level, and he's still doing it at a high level to this day, and. Um, that job certainly isn't open. You know, he is a, he's a phenomenal punter and I'm excited to pick his brain. Just, you know, if nothing else, just how to last in the league for that long as he has. Um, but yeah, no, that's, I mean, it's, it's going to be a good competition. And uh, I just know as long as I, I punt well, good things happen. So, um, you know, it, it's, it's going to be fun nonetheless. So, Okay. You're going to be in the uh, AFC North with some really, really good competition. The, and, uh, you know, it's just known for just its tough style of football. Um, what what team did you look at when you were growing up as a kid and thinking, you know, I, I, you always wanted that team. You wanted to, the Bengals to beat that team. Oh, it's got to be the Steelers. I mean, yeah. you know, it, you can't – I mean, that would have been tough. If I would have gone to the Steelers, uh, that would have been a tough one to swallow just because, you know, the, the hatred that, uh, you know, you're kind of – growing with uh growing up here as a Bengals fan um so certainly if i if i do get the opportunity to punt for the Bengals, that's that's a game i'll be looking forward to and uh pinning them back real deep so do, when it, when you get that call from the 
the coach, and they're saying, "Hey, we're we're asking you to be on the team." What um, do, you, do you get any specifics as far as, "Hey, this is what we're thinking," or is it just, "Hey, you're on the team," and then then you get more down the road? Yeah, so I was in pretty much constant communication with Coach Simmons, who's a special teams coordinator. He actually helps run my pro day back in March, and uh, so he's he's we've had a good couple talks about just what the situation is going to be like and uh, that was a big reason they were uh, number one on on my board if I if I did get one drafted and decided to sign with them um, but yeah I mean you just you just explained you know it's it's going to be a competition the job's not open and you know you got to come earn it if, if uh, you know if you're the if, if you're the starter so um, yeah I, I mean it's been good to have him in, in my corner and be able to talk but uh, he's been with Huber for 12 years as well so you know there's certainly there's certainly that aspect as well. Yeah. Yes. Well, I mean, it's it's like anything. You you've been around it long enough that it's competition, and you know now it now it becomes a a paying job. So Cincinnati's going to want the the one who's doing the job. So I'm sure you understand that, and that's going to be fun to watch you compete for that job. Right. I mean, it's the NFL, not for long. So I mean, every year, you know, someone's competing for your job. You know. It, even sometimes that week, you know, you see it all the time in kickers. They miss a bad kick in a game the next week. They might be on the cutting block. So, um, you know, certainly it's, it's a week-to-week thing, and uh, sometimes it's even a practice-to-practice thing. So you just got to come out there every day and uh, be at your best. So, Okay, well, I can't let you get away without asking two more questions. Yeah. Uh, I know when, when I was in this situation, uh, when I proposed to my wife um, – <laughs> You know, I, I was I, I couldn't believe I pulled it off and I didn't do anything near what you did. But uh, you decided to do it in front of a stadium full of people and in front of your teammates. Uh, can you share the whole process there, how you came up with that and and how it went, I guess? Yeah, I know I was talking earlier, you know, sometimes the, the crowd just turns at white noise. I felt every person in the stands at that yeah. moment. Uh, I was certainly more nervous for that play than any other play. I've had in my career and uh, luckily, you know, it worked out. She said yes. And um, it's, it's still continuing to work out. We just celebrated our one year uh, just a, a couple months ago. So um, yeah, that was, that was a special play. And everybody asked me like, what's your favorite play at Ohio state in your career? And I'm certainly being in trouble if I didn't say it, it was that one. <laughs> yeah. it, it really is. You know, it's something that we have together forever and we can share that moment with our kids and everything. But uh, um yeah, it's it's special, and, and again, I'm glad I'm glad it worked out because I don't know if I would have been a Buckeye for much longer if it didn't. So. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> been in the portal. <laughs> yep, there you go. Well, finally, uh, your skill level with uh, that you're performing at with uh, the the whole bottle flipping, um, you know, how did all that get started? And and you know, you've got some really great things on on the internet. Uh, that people can follow you on social media, but how did all that get started? And, and what's, what do you, is there something that's next? <laughs> well, there's always something that next. I've always got something up my sleeve. I have been focused on flipping the field more than flipping the bottle in the yeah. recent months, but uh, I'm sure it'll, it'll start back up here, here soon. But uh, yeah, it really started back in 2016. That was kind of the heyday of the bottle flip. And uh, just kind of never really let it die since. I'm still advocating that it's uh, it's still alive and well today. But, uh, I mean, it's just something fun I like to do. Ohio State fans, they liked it, and I enjoyed I enjoyed it. So 
hopefully the uh, the Bengals fans enjoy it as well. So, oh yeah, I'm sure they will. But but the one thing about the the whole bottle flipping, you know, you 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 do it for fun, but did you do it for like 24 hours in a row? <laughs> I did. I did a little flipathon. Yeah, uh, it was uh, that was before COVID. I should have done it during COVID. I had all the time in the world. Could have done it then. Yeah. Um, I did it to raise money for uh, the Australian wildfires. That was pre uh, pre COVID, and I uh, did a little fundraiser for them. Uh, that was that was quite the challenge. Yeah, I, I certainly have a few few unofficial world records, and I, I'd be hard pressed to find somebody that flipped the bottle for longer than I did. So. I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and claim that world record as my own. So there you go. Now, what was the number that you finished up with in that 24? Oh my gosh. Uh, I think total flip was like 16,000. Really? Like 700 something. I mean, it was, I I had like my, uh, my fingers were like, uh, what's it called? Like all chapped and, and, uh, rugged at the end of it. No blood was drawn, but a couple bottles were broke. Oh, really? Okay. We, we raised a lot of money, so it, it was worth it in the end. Yeah, great cause, that's for sure. Well, how can the uh, audience follow you on social media? Yeah, so it's the same, uh, Instagram and Twitter, uh, dcrispin91. You will find uh, uh, punting and bottle flipping and probably a lot more bingles uh, stuff in the near future. So, Yes. Well, great. I, I really can't thank you enough for taking the time to join me you know, so soon after the draft. And, you know, I wish you the best luck, even though I'm a Browns fan. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, you know, but I, I love the fact that you get a chance to, to you know, play in the NFL and, and compete for a job. So wishing you the best of luck and thanks for a great four years that you put on at Ohio State because you, you were incredible from start to finish. I appreciate it. And uh, you can uh, be looking, if, if I am on the Bengals, um, I should be your your uh, your favorite player when uh, we play the Browns. You want to see me out there a lot, I bet. So. Oh, yeah, definitely. No doubt about that. <laughs> All uh, right. But no, thanks for having me on. No, I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Thank you, sir. And uh, take care and good luck with the Cincinnati Bengals. Drew Cressman. I right, appreciate it, Coach. Talk to you. Thanks for joining us on the Athlete One Podcast. Do us a favor and click the subscribe button and leave a review. That's it. Hit the subscribe button, leave a review. Don't forget to tell your friends about the Athlete One Podcast. And you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Athlete One Podcast. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode. Thanks for joining.